Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. Yes, we were back with you this afternoon. Uh, a few people saying, oh, what happened to the podcast? Well, it's back. The podcast oh, is right. back. Thanks for downloading us. Um, busy show today. Uh, Dr. Carl Kennedy, Alan Fletcher, came into the studio. Formerly of Neighbours, it's hard to believe we're saying that. Andy, your much-loved soap. Tragic. It is no more. There's only a few <laughs> weeks left in the UK. But Alan's a busy man. He's, he's got other strings to his bow, as you will discover. Ben Winston is a TV producer, director, documentary maker. He's been um, show running the Late Late Show with James Corden for the past few years. Yeah. It's been a massive success. Friends reunion, loads of stuff, yeah. A big Arsenal fan, loves his football, so uh, we chatted to Ben. Uh, we had a bit of a chat about various things. Andy he told us uh, he got brought quicksand back into the nation's consciousness, <laughs> which was good. And we had some clips of the week pewter from 2009 that seemed to go down well. So that should keep you busy. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm just waiting for Barca to unveil their new director of football, Sir Alan Stanford. Yeah, <laughs> of course not. Of course not. That's that's not the case. But we are going to try and get to the bottom of how you can buy players effectively. But well, buy players, but not be able to register them to play on the off chance you and still buy more players and buy more players and then offload uh, possibly the players you're trying to offload, but no one quite knows. It's it's mad. Anyway, we, mm. we will be chatting about mm. that with Kevin Hatchard a little bit later on. Uh, yeah, Dr. Carl's coming in to see I'm us. I'm very Andy. excited. Uh, yeah. it's, how many more episodes of your favourite TV show, Neighbours, are left? Not many. I think it's July the 27th. So I think it's one more, two more, three, week, three weeks, I think. Three, and that's it. I know. It's very, very uh, sad. in your really. life. Well, very much so. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll miss it like mad. But, yeah. you know. I'll survive. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you will. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, I, last week I, I'd, I'd lived a dream, something I'd always wanted to do, and the stars aligned to allow me uh, to do it. I got to go to uh, the Nathan's Hot Dog World Championship, the the World Cup the of pinnacle. competitive eating uh, in uh, Coney Island in New York, where every year they have the, yeah, the World Hot Dog Eating Championships. I believe Richard Shea, one of the organisers, was on with uh, Charlie and the gang last week. Yeah, uh, explaining Major League what went Eating. On. Major League Eating, that's right. They take it incredibly seriously. It happens in a in little corner of the street in um, Coney Island, which they, they they fence off. They were all very uh, good, very mm. helpful to us when we went there. We helped talk sport out, gave us a bit of a vantage point. That's good. And so we were able to report on it. And um, Were I, you I think, live on Talk Sport 2? I, I, I should have been, really. I should have been. <laughs> But um, Joey Chestnut is is the king, really. Mm. He is the he is the um, sort of Maradona, Messi, Why Ronaldo. Change his name to Joey Sausage. Is he more sensible? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's a massive fan of the chestnut. <laughs> but his record um, last year was seventy six uh, hot dogs and buns in ten minutes, I know. and it's, it's always a, warm. It's revolting. It's about, it about thirty degrees there while they're eating. I think mm. the the heat did for him. Uh, this year he only got to 64 plus there was a protest and he didn't mess about it was reminiscent of that bloke who took to the stage with the Rolling Stones and <laughs> Keith Richard hit him with his guitar yeah. uh, he really dragged this guy away because he'd come into his place because he's quite work. a big lad isn't he he is a big man he's not, yeah. he's not a fat man he's not no, large he's, he's got a bit of a pot on him not that but I can he did apologise to the crowd there for only eating 64 in 10 minutes and we accepted the it's a good apology. product the Nathan's Hot Dog it's it a was, nice yeah, thing but a, I mean no, I'm not it, you should savour it you shouldn't just 
put, you know, forced Did you eat yours quickly when you had it? No, no, I did. Decided it wouldn't be a good idea. And you kept the bun and the, t- the thing together. Not, you didn't do it separate. No, no, I didn't. I didn't dunk it in a drink like they do the bun to make it soft. The, the key, the thing is about it. I mean, Jerry Chestnut is he's a fairly unassuming man. Most of the competitive eaters, they're not particularly big characters. Mm. My wife was speaking to some of the people there and said, "Do they, uh, do, you know, do they?" Um, well, it is lunchtime. What happens to... Well, quite a few of them are sick afterwards. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> After they've eaten 76 oh, they repeat, I mean, I, they repeat on me one. I say, yeah. if you eat 64, that would be quite a lot of repeating. The real star of the show is George Shea. He's sort of dressed up like a sort of fairground barker. It's like the mm. music man, the old 76 mm. trombones and that. And he comes out... And he just completely oversells the event. He uses <laughs> it's good though, complete it? hyperbole. And to give you a flavour of that, this is something oh, I recorded last week. It is George Shea who's the, is the host of the event. He's and the, he's, the, the Michael Buffer, isn't he? Yeah, it? that's yeah. right. It, it kind of. If, if Michael Buffer did this before every fight, it would be amazing. <laughs> but he is introduced. This is the way he introduces Joey Chestnut. This is at the point where Joey Chestnut is then appears on this hydraulic lift and he's sort of flown over the crowd because he is the king of competitive eating. Yeah. But this is George's intro. He could have said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the GOAT, uh, Joey Chestnut. But yeah. he chooses not to do that. He does this okay. instead. and all that stood within it. A day of nothing, of no one, of nowhere. But that day is not today. Today, we burn bright. Today, we blind the earth with our desire. And while it is still ours, we will bend history to witness this moment, to witness this man. And then Joey comes on the hydraulic lift, he pops up, and then he goes over the uh, audience. Is he between two large pieces of bread? (laughs) (laughs) There is a a Nathan's Hot Dog mascot you can have your picture taken with, which of course I took advantage of. But but that's just the intro where a bloke who eats, well, in that case, 64 hot dogs. (laughs) There will be a day. It's great. It's a wonderful event, and uh, I'm happy you fulfilled a ambition of a lifetime. A bit of a bucket lift lift thing. Everyone thinks I'm mad. A bucket lift, yeah. I've got one of those. I like the bucket lift. (laughs) I went skiing as well. (laughs) So anyway, uh, a couple of things to get you going on today. Mm. Uh, You may have seen a little story uh, in the press. I I wasn't aware of this. Where's it gone? Uh, A ticket to the 1922 FA Cup final, or buy any spares, um, uh, when Preston North End's goalie wore glasses. Yes, so what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sold for £1,949. Mm. And uh, I thought I'd look into the history of this. I'm not, you know, not disbelieving them. The goalkeeper was called James Mitchell. Huddersfield Town were the victors. It was a penalty that uh, James didn't get a hand to, possibly because he was wearing great big thick glasses. <laughs> it is the only time a, a player, first and only time a player wore spectacles in an FA Cup final. Really? Yeah. So it's a shame Edgar Davids didn't make it for Spurs. <laughs> that would have been that would have been perfect, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, that we would have just taken over that record. But it, uh, sporting glasses. Nineteen fifty four World Cup final. Yeah, the captain. Not of... Not the final. The finals. Finals. Yeah. Well, I can't remember. Was what it? Country, was it? I think North, it was North Korea North, or South Korea? One or Korea? Where Where were we in nineteen fifty four? Some sort of Korean. Yeah. Team, uh, but, one aspect uh, of Korea, or possibly yeah. all of it. He wore glasses. He did. The captain did the. Uh, yeah. yeah I glasses. think the goalie for Jonas Halteraj when Chelsea beat them thirteen nil. The so Luxembourg team. Yeah, I think I think he wore glasses as well. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare. But for us mere mortals who, who like to do a bit of sport. I mean, really, when I when if I play football on a Friday night, I should wear glasses, but they will get smashed, so I don't. So I mean, yeah. it's all I wear bit. them when I play. You do wear yeah, them. Yeah. I mean, you 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 know you couldn't possibly not wear them because you can't <laughs> see at all. So sporting specs. I were need a bell in the ball. It is true. Yeah. The um, <laughs> so your experience of it, the good and the bad. I mean, ideally the bad. We'll get more stories probably at the time. You wore the bins for sport with uh, hilarious results. So uh, specs in sport, do tell us your stories uh, this afternoon. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH and J. And you'll see a goalie in glasses and you'll make a value judgment. He may be brilliant in, in yeah. his bins, but, you know, you think, well, let's just have a... Sh- maybe that's sh- what's wrong with Kepper. Have a sh- <laughs> you wear glasses. Maybe he needs... Oh, it all fits so clear now. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Get oh, his place back. The world looks like a different place. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Tell your mum you're sorry And take back those things you said 
Cause you know that she just worries You know that you've not been the best son She would have wanted riches for you Married to a local girl But you've never been that that is uh, actor and uh, musician Alan Fletcher. Dr. Carl, you'll know him from uh, long-running uh, Australian soap Neighbours. Uh, that is Meet Me on the Steps of the Bombed Out Church. Lovely. They're always taking the mickey out of your music in this show. I think it's very unfair. Yeah. <laughs> Susan, Susan in particular is very, very unkind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually been a wonderful running running gag though. Writing music for Dr. Carr was always fun because we deliberately wrote songs that were just a little bit off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you had to. Well, it's lovely to see you, Alan. Fantastic well, to, to be here. Studio. It's goodness. been a while since you've been over, it's Three it? years, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, wow. I suppose with the pandemic, no one was really moving around much. Well, we were it? going to be here March 2020 to do filming in Dublin and then we're going to Carrick Fergus. They were going to give Jackie the key to the city and all that. Yeah. That was cancelled three days prior. It's just been shocking. And, uh, oh, wow. So I'm so glad to be back in London. It's beautiful weather and just wandering around the, the streets of this beautiful city. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've been doing some gigs over here as well. Did a couple of gigs. One, one at the beautiful Bedford in Ballam and one over at the Camden Club. Went up to the Maverick Festival, played a bit of music up at the Maverick Festival. And, uh, yeah, so now just uh, yeah. enjoying having a chat about Neighbours. Your, your band, I mean, you've played music to us before and you've toured over here before. It was kind of rockier. This is it's a bit of a departure, is it? Yeah, this yeah. is country americana mm. which is old country as they often call it uh which has always been my passion because of my love of you know like john prine and musicians like that but i've never got a chance to do it until i met up with a couple of wonderful musos who produce records and they said come on into the studio we go during pandemic oh. and let's record some music mm. and of course it is coming to an end we have to yeah. talk about it yeah, it's in weeks incredibly sad for me yeah <laughs> and the yeah. fans i mean it is i mean people are quite angry that it i read something that harold uh, harold bishop who's ian ian smith ian yeah. smith who plays harold he had a great idea he said why doesn't the australian government by neighbours because it's such a great training. Privatise it, so like well, nationalise it, make it a yeah. nationalised. Look <laughs> for actors and makeup people and directors, and you know, so many people have come through it. It's, it's like a great yeah. club. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's been a school. It has. Mm. There's thousands of people have been through there, and some of the best directors, actors, producers in the world have come from that base mm. because it's the best place to learn. Yeah. Fast t- turnaround TV. Yeah, it's, look, it's a huge show. There's millions of people who are upset, um, uh, like the cast and crew, of course, but uh, they're all emailing me and um, I'm trying to reply to everybody and just say, look, I know it's really sad, but let's just be grateful we got to go on this journey. Yeah. And June, uh, July 29 at 9pm will be that last episode. Let's, let's all tune in together. I've, wor- many- I've worked it out. I know what's happening. You know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I, I won't spoil it for people. We'll, we'll talk off it. Okay, so it's not. This is not official. This is your theory. My theory. Yeah. Does it end with uh, Alan in a cafe, and then they play "Don't Stop Believing"? The screen just goes <laughs> black. Is it? They're going to go down that route. <laughs> yeah. That will be interesting. Which is, did they? It, yeah. It, I mean, a lot of people are coming back, so you can kind of work out certain plot lines but it was great to see Harold Harold Bishop who we mentioned just mm. now back in the show last week he was like a great old player he just slipped in didn't he he did really you know, a tremendous player and uh, you know at one point he, he had to solve this problem this young girl who just lost her husband and he sort of turned it no one else could do anything but he turned it all around I st- actually stopped the tape and I went it's super Harold yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> I was in the studio when that scene was being filmed <clears throat> and <clears throat> it was intensely emotional and both of the actors uh, Ian Ian, and Georgie were both in tears yeah. incredible stuff people so are, I'm so hard not me yeah. <laughs> well, everyone's talking to me about how much they're loving the, sto- the last storylines yeah, yeah. because they're all so quite, you know, incredibly involved. And with returning characters coming back, you've got your, your likes of your Guy Pearce. Yeah. Uh, it was wonderful to see him. I haven't seen him for like 20 years. He's a huge film star now. It was exactly the same as if, if we were together 20 years ago when I saw him. And he was so grateful for everything Neighbours has given him. He was delighted to come back, as were Kylie and Jason, as were so many other people. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, they, you know, they, they owe a lot to the series, didn't they? I mean, Margot, Margot, Robbie, Mar- Margot Robbie, did yeah. she come back? Uh, Margot like? might have been a little bit on the busy side. <laughs> yeah, a little bit on the expensive <laughs> that's a, that, side. That's the danger. I hope Kylie brought you a bottle of her rosé Prosecco. I hope everybody got a free one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for the new family. Can you imagine you're a new family on Neighbours? You've just joined the street and that's yeah. it. Mm. Is that you're, you're gone after that. Been, like being the health minister for 24 hours. Although yeah. Wendy, the, the woman, I, yeah. 
every time I see her, I just kind of go, okay, nice to see you, to see you nice. Do you yes, think she has a look of... Bit of a chin on her. Okay, well, I'm sure she's delighted. <laughs> Don't take that back with you, Alan, and tell her that, will you? No, it's a popular <laughs> reference I'm not aware of anyway. <laughs> Bruce Forsyth. Oh, yes, oh, yes right, right, a long time ago. So how many years, how many years were you in it? 28 for me. Wow. Uh, oh, coming up to 28. Uh, I mean, it feels, feels like, you know, 28. And when uh, you got the gig, did, mm. uh, you were thinking, uh, uh, did you have, uh, uh, I think it would be lasting a long time. What were you originally booked for? One year. Right. Very happy to get a year. My my daughter was on the way, and I thought, gee, I could do with some dosh. This would be nice. A year's work for an actor. That's mm. unheard of. Mm. Mm. And uh, normally they're short-term gigs. And, um, and then a year became two, and then two became four. And I thought, hang on, this is this is the Willis's were here for four. That's probably the limit. And yeah. then, and then uh, it just I don't know. It, it's quite uncanny the way it just kept going. But um, every year, a year contract. So I was kind of prepared for the end anyway, because every year you think, you know, well, I'm a rooster today, a feather dust to the next. You mm. never know what's going to happen. So um, you just you take it as it comes. Yeah, and because he's had you know the characters been a lot of dramatic storylines. There's been a lot of comedy storylines. Mm. It's been an interesting thing for you. You've had to play quite a lot of different emotions and range of that. Yeah, it's really broad. I mean, I, people say, what are your favourite storylines? I look at, you know, when Susan slapped me and the intensity of those affairs and, you know, all those huge functions in the family and yeah. then contrast that with episode 7000, my favourite Andy, where I had to nude up the in toadies to get that tats <laughs> ticket off his bum and, you know, it was just as silly as silly as a wheel. So going to work every day was an adventure, really. Yeah. Mm. I, I, one thing that does seem unresolved is that uh, Carl decided to invest 200 grand of their pension oh, yeah. in a business that went wrong. <laughs> ah. we, do we? Does that get resolved? Do we know what happened? Uh, well, there's there's much angst over it, <laughs> yeah. but the, we get a bit busy towards the end to... to, to you know, Quite a lot of things know, to tie up. You can't to, tie everything. Susan up. forgave you for it, and it seems to have gone in the background. I keep thinking, blimey, she must be you're still gonna, unhappy you're about give that. her a call and bring it up. Why have you let that go? I respectfully <laughs> asked you, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the last, the last line. I mean, you can't really tell us what it is, but I mean, was there? Uh, who's get? Who can you tell us who gets the last line? Well, I suppose, the last I suppose really it was the first assistant director. The last scene in studio, everyone came in. There were mm. hundreds of people in the studio. Yeah. And the first assistant director, Adam Knoll, has been there since year dot, um, certainly before Jackie and I. But he did a wonderful thing. In between each take and rehearsal, he acknowledged a different department uh, and lots of applause and so forth. So everyone was thanked. And then he got the last word because he said, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last time I'll ever say this. That's a wrap. Wow. Uh, and that was, you know, that, uh, that momentous moment, basically, saying it's all over, it's all done. Um, uh, ben the Spurs fan and Fairham says I'm going to the doctor we'll see you now in Eastleigh in the farewell tour at the Mayflower can't wait so uh, <laughs> thank you Fletch you are a legend you no, that's so. great. brilliant so, yeah, you are going to be doing some shows over here. I am. I, I, well, back in March 2020, or April 2020, I was going to be touring the doctor we'll see you now mm. my in conversation show obviously cancelled many times so finally doing it in September, going in, and going to more places too, which is good. We're getting right around the country. Um, so uh, sadly, not, not not only one date in Wales. I really would like to have gone back to Aberystwyth. Oh right, you know. But uh, no, it's just it's a it's going to be a wonderful tour. We're going to have a lot of fun. So I hope people will. Uh, We'll jump on and uh, you know, have, have check me out on my on my web page and just find out where I'm going to go. And a bigger tour next year, is that right? You're going to be doing like a big neighbours well, tour? Well, they are doing a neighbours farewell tour, but mm. no one's actually booked for it yet. They, okay. have, they haven't actually finalised who's going to be on it, but it's selling out like crazy. And uh, I think there's going to be more shows. It's 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 going to be absolutely massive. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the reaction mm. been in Australia? I mean, where it's you know, it's all, it's, it's, well, it's it's kind of a, the, the population who watch it in Australia are probably per capita are about the same as the UK, but that's a smaller, much smaller number of people. Mm. So I think it was people were a little bit more accepting, of, a bit more resigned about it there. But, I mean, Neighbours played on the digital station, so it had a smaller audience. Yeah. Um, if Home and Away got axed in Australia, there'd be huge, uh, huge kerfuffle. So it's interesting, the contrast. Neighbours was more a show for the UK and Home yeah. and Away is more... I suppose more for the uh, for the Aussie market and the people the people who live in those houses where you do the uh, the uh, exterior mm. stuff. I mean, how are they going to feel about? It? They've got so used to sort of tour. I suppose tourists will still be at the end of their road. They'll oh, still yeah. be doing the tours. Nothing's going to change. This, that, that's what's going to be inter interesting because they've got twenty four hour security on that street, right? Mm. Now, how long are they prepared to keep that going? And, <laughs> And that, yeah, that some some lads might go there and, uh, and wreak havoc if they don't have yeah. that security. Because when I was over and I came and watched you film some scenes, we drove past. We didn't do the tour, the exterior tour, but we drove past, and it was really busy. Lots yeah. of people, lots of 
cars and imagine if, if you've got a house there you must know well, that going it's in it's good really mm. <laughs> yeah and of course Carl and Susan one of the things they had was this blue cardboard box mm. which was they, Got talked about, didn't it? It was, it was mm. sort of insinuated that this was, God knows what was in there. But Mar- it, marital aids. <laughs> marital aids, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it this time of day. Who got that? Uh, that that was hidden from us. <laughs> in fact, some strange things happened at the end. Uh, I grabbed, managed to grab a photo, which was of me when I, was, oh, I did a play in the 1970s. I donated that as a Carl Kennedy photograph, but I, I nabbed it back because everyone had their eyes on it. And uh, the portrait of the Kennedy children, which proudly hangs in the Kennedy mm. house, that disappeared a second. Adam said, that's a wrap. And I think it was went off and got ah. put into safekeeping because a lot of people wanted that. Did you take any... Funny, we, yeah, that's the thing. When a series <coughs> ends, me. Uh, mm. you wonder if yeah. people take a little bit of memorabilia. No, they. they uh, <coughs> I, I, I was uh, not, not inclined to take, to take mm. anything. A few people got some photos. I photographed every photo in the building on the wall so that I had yeah. all the cast photos from all the years. I did that. And they, they let us generously, generously keep uh, uh, some items of clothing. So I literally walked out of the studio wearing the last (laughs) outfit I had on. (laughs) Excuse me. I mean, your photography is quite a thing for you, isn't it? Excuse me. You are struggling. (coughs) Oh, blimey. Yes. Good. Um, We had a chat with John Slattery, who played Roger Sterling in in Mad Men, and he came in and we asked him whether when they they wrapped uh, Mad Men, did he take anything? Mm. He said he always had this eye on this desk lamp. Oh, yeah. That was on his desk <laughs> in, in the Sterling Cooper offices. So he said he had that away. But yeah, that was it. Of all the things, all those smart suits and all those brilliant things, a little desk lamp here. Yeah, well, the security's <laughs> pretty tight on the front gate too. Yeah. I, I had visions of them having to check everyone's boot on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> and Liverpool, it's a very quick one on mm. Liverpool. Yeah, um, yeah. They're over, are they playing in Australia? I know they're over in Thailand. They're in the Thailand. Yeah. We don't get them. You don't get them. Um, United are going. United is not going. coming yeah, to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the signings. I think it's three very good signings there, mm. uh, particularly Nunes. Of course, he was fantastic against us uh, in the Champions League. So I think you know Klopp wanted him. So happy with the signings. But sad to see Mane go, but that, I think that was kind of inevitable yeah. that that would happen. But uh, Salah signing again, that's just the best news ever. Yeah. yeah. And it's you've big. survived a bit of churn before. You've let good players go and, and, and you know, that sometimes it's a good... The timing's right, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, we just heard that Williams is is, is on is off, and yeah. um, he he was so promising. He's so he is so promising. He will be brilliant wherever he goes. And mm. I think it's you know modern football. It's important the players go to where they can grow the fastest. And um, you know, in some clubs, you you're, you're always going to be a bit second tier. Mm. The one I was a bit sad, Div, Divock Origi going. Yeah, and you know the cheer that went up at mm. Everton as a result of that. I think that's you know, now he what a great career he had for us, mm. um, particularly as a last last minute scorer. Sub, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm ruining my uh, day in Madrid. Thanks very much. Getting the second goal. Yeah. What are oh, you yeah. going to do? But I think this year, I think it's going to be even more than ever. I think it's going to be a top three. I think that's going to be Liverpool, City, and Spurs. Mm. Then there'll be quite a few clubs vying for fourth, and mm. and that will go right down to the middle of the table. And then there'll be the ones at the bottom. So I think there's going to be quite clear divisions this year. Yeah. Do you think so? Mm. Um, Sterling's coming your way, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell what Chelsea do. You, you, you can't tell until you see the squad for the opening day, but if Malang Sarr is still in it, I wouldn't be worried if I was you two. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. We'll see what happens. Uh, so people can find you on social media and online as well. Just yeah? Alan Fletcher on all the socials and alanfletcher.net and, and on the front page of the website's got everything I'm doing, where I'm going and so forth. And I'd okay. love to catch up with people in September when I come back. Yeah, do, well, come and see us in September. We'll talk about the tour and everything. So lovely to see you and all the best. Thank you so much, guys. Alan Fletcher there, Dr. Carl uh, from uh, Neighbours and go and check out his uh, new album on the social media. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You could have Eric Ten Hag there. What's has Harry Maguire achieved a lot of success? <laughs> yeah, he's played. <laughs> I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't describe what he's done with Manchester United as a lot of success. The Euros final, a World Cup. Yeah, that's not to do with Manchester no, United. It's it? really yeah. nothing to do with it at all. But he's got, but a, he's got a big up his players, isn't he? Well, I suppose he has. Yeah, You'd expect yeah. him to do that at the mm. moment. We did ask you earlier on, off the back of. Uh, the fact the 1922 FA Cup final program sold for just shy of £2,000. In this game, Preston's goalkeeper uh, was the first and uh, so far only mm. uh, player, outfield player, or any player indeed, to wear glasses in a Wembley final. 
Uh, he wore spectacles, James Mitchell. And uh, I don't know if there's any coincidence, but Huddersfield did win that game uh, 1-0 from a penalty. Yeah, probably probably wasn't raining that day. <laughs> <laughs> it probably wasn't in a bit of trouble, really. in the goal mouth. <laughs> but we're interested in uh, Sport yeah. Inspects, your Sport Inspects tales. Yeah. And uh, Adrian Durham's been in touch. You hear from Adrian tonight, live at the Amex for uh, England versus Norway in the Women's Euros. He said, I played uh, five-a-side in glasses work when I was working in Leeds years ago. I tried an audacious overhead kick and connected sweetly. Smashed it goalwards on target for the goal of a lifetime. Unfortunately, my face got in the way. <laughs> glasses yeah, smashed pretty, into a million bits. Marvellous. And my worldy <laughs> moment uh, was gone. Oh, so um, story, any yeah. sport inspects the upside, the downside, or maybe examples of when you tried to play, maybe mm. vanity got the better of you, or you didn't yeah. want to bust your new bins. So you said, okay, I'll play without my glasses on. The idea of Andy playing without glasses on it. I used to have to hold them when I headed the ball, otherwise they'd come off. Put your hands either side. There's still a problem. Last week I was in the sea and uh, we were on the beach and uh, I dived. (laughs) Well, you normally are. So we're standing there. The sea's there, the beach is not normally far behind. You sort of edge in and then you, you go for the dive in. Of course, I completely forgot I had my glasses on. Dived in, they came off. So I'm like scrabbling about in the sea. Swimming around looking for your bins. And you've no, thankfully really. you found them. I well, I did really. It would have been, wouldn't have been ideal. And uh, I was... <laughs> did you know the column Experience in The Guardian? You ever seen this column in a no. Saturday? It's very interesting. People just talking about their life experiences. Mm. And I was reading... So there's a bit of trouble reading. So I was reading this thing to her on Saturday night about this camel that got stuck in quicksand. Okay. Right. Who wrote it from the camel? Bloke, no, no. <laughs> the bloke who actually rescued this camel. He oh, was yeah. driving along in, in Dubai. He oh, was, yeah, well, yeah, I didn't think he was impressed that. <laughs> no. And uh, he, him and his wife, and they saw this camel in distress in quicksand. When and you they, tell these stories, you, your delivery is very Tommy Cooper. <laughs> driving along, and they saw a camel in quicksand. It's not, it's not the way I'm trying to praise so it. But you do it in some, uh, camel, quicksand, quicksand, camel. <laughs> That's basically what yeah, happened. Yeah, okay, so. And, and so uh, he started to try and rescue this camel. Long story short. How do you, it, get, how'd you went, get a camel out of quicksand? It's quite tricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, did he have a rope in the car? Yeah, exactly. But he, anyway, the bloke did it, and he, he was having a lot of difficulty, but it went viral. And about 14 farmers from nearby came out. Oh, so it's they, quite recent. Oh, yeah. Happened, I think, So would he put out a tweet or he, he put something out on social oh, yes, media? I think so he currently out. trying to get a camel out of some yeah, quicksand. Can anybody help? In the Dubai area. That's right. Can you give me a hand? And 14 farmers came out and they got this camel out and it was marvellous. And so, uh, but I was saying to my wife, I said, well, the thing is, if you and I were driving past this camel, we'd go, oh, that's very sad, isn't that? Poor camel's going to die. And then we'd drive off. We okay, wouldn't, we wouldn't stop. Well, but you drove past would. Cliff Richard. Well, that's exactly the down. point, because my wife said to me... No, he wasn't in quicksand. She said, though, I'd stop, exactly. She said to me, I'd stop. I said, we didn't even stop for Cliff Richard. Yeah. Why would we stop for a camel? And then we had this whole debate of whether we'd stop for Cliff Richard if he was stuck in quicksand. Wait, I think you would, wouldn't well, you? Well, we would. You can't leave. We had this idea that the last thing you saw of Cliff was his fine hair disappearing. He was quite proud, though. That's I'm sure way. Cliff is delighted that you've imagined his demise in quicksand. <laughs> Anyway, that's I mean, we often used to say, whatever happened to it as a plot device? <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, in TV years ago, when, when I was in kids' mm. telly or any TV, you'd have quick, in any yeah. Western, there'd always be a quicksand plot. You'd have to drag someone out of the quicksand, yeah. wouldn't you? But uh, they don't use it, it as a plot device. It doesn't happen that much. I mean, days. that would have been a way to sign off in Neighbours, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's maybe what happened. About 20 of them. I got the end wrong. I told 20 of them walking. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it. Alan. The yes. producer called him Carl. He was mortified. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yes. No, uh, not Carl. Not Alan. <laughs> the producer. <laughs> Please stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> it is a bit, isn't it? And, um, so is the camel all right? The camel's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Cliff's fine. We're all well, fine. Cliff's fine. Yeah, he's yeah. not. Cliff, Cliff, if you're just tuned in, Cliff Richard has I not mean, been caught in quicksand. He's I'm absolutely not, fine. And, of course, this week, it's very hot. I don't need to tell you that. Thanks very much, it's hotter than <laughs> It's hotter than Hawaii, California, Los Angeles, Maldives. Yes, we get the idea. Yeah. Papers seem incapable of saying it's going to be very hot today. They have to say it's going to be hotter than for some reason because I suppose it's not often that hot here. Uh, I've got news of Cardi B. Uh, okay, I just want to play. make this point there. Oh, yeah. But this thing where everybody gives you warnings. Cardi B can wait. I Cardi mean, B can wait not... one second. She yeah. won't need a Cardi in this way. Well, I was, I was going to say, she was, on, she was at Wireless Festival, still no Cardi. <laughs> well, she wouldn't. See-through, uh, it's red, very hot, isn't see-through it? red jumpsuit. <laughs> still no Cardi. It. Even one over her shoulders when it got, well, you know, when it got a bit chillier cool, in the cooler evening. Cooler at night. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. But these warnings that, that we're giving and everybody's giving, you do think... Do, People really need to be told to stay out of the sun, drink water, yeah. you know, wet factors, 
sun, uh, sun cream. You know? mm. No, I thought I'd just stand there for six hours, drink nothing, <laughs> you know, and wear a duffel coat. I mean, what? I can't understand why people need these warnings. You'd get a sponsor for that if you didn't want to do it. <laughs> well, I'm prepared to do it what if you want me to. It. It'd be marvellous, really. And uh, I was playing cricket. This was good yesterday. I was playing cricket with my grandson. He says to me, Granddad, he's mad about cricket. He's five and a half, this boy. Wow. He's absolutely mad about sports. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, and he doesn't get bored. He's, his whole attention span, he'll watch hours and hours of cricket, like I did when I was a boy. Yeah. And uh, so we were playing, and he bowled. He bowled to me, and it hit me on my legs, and he sort of appealed. Yeah. And then he suddenly picks up the ball, and he starts doing his own DRS and he builds in quite a bit of suspense as he, as he walks so he walks slowly towards you. you like tracking the DRS yeah. and I was LBW <laughs> but I'm surprised a five year old would generally not do that and get to you and say ah oh, that wasn't out yeah they just generally wouldn't uh, would Andy have rescued Cliff on a camel in quicksand <laughs> it would have taken Cliff longer to go good question Jim Shelley well it's a very uh, good, good question point, really. put to him yeah yeah, I think uh, I would. I had a trial for Chelsea, says Graham. Um, mm. And Eddie McCready questioned me wearing glasses. I knew straight away I stood a little chance in his mind. Although Eddie became Eddie quite a glasses. famous glasses yeah. wearer and he, he wore was, them. Yeah. Didn't wear them on the pitch, did no, he? No, and he didn't wear contacts. So it was always a bit, that's probably why he missed on those tackles. He said, I had a pretty good game, but got the thanks, but no thanks. But from a glasses wearer, Graham, you were a bit uh, unfortunate there. Play golf after work, says Mark. Teed off about 5.30 to play a full 18. Lad I played with wore his prescription sunglasses. Come the 17th, 18th, it was quite dark in midsummer. <laughs> in his sunglasses, it was pitch black. <laughs> he couldn't take them off as he couldn't mm. see without them. So uh, there we are. I, I was always specs. embarrassed to wear glasses. And uh, there is a famous... I've tried to find this picture and I wish I could. Mm. But it's in the Jewish Chronicle archives. It's oh, wow. me and Alan Freeman. The uh, famous the, DJ. Yeah. Yes. I can't think of any other Adam Freeman. Yeah, okay, Adam Freeman, yeah. the plumber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you haven't Pipe got your because, glasses on. What? How'd you know it was him then? <laughs> I'm wearing, Could have been I'm wearing sunglasses at night. I really? look ridiculous. Me wow. and him and in this photo together. But, uh, yeah. Thank yeah. you for that, Andy. Well, I thought it was tremendous. Do tell that one on Piers Morgan. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll be next on there. Well, I will. Fantastic. I'm on but tonight, do, actually. Do tell, Prime time. <laughs> do tell the uh, camel story. If he was listening, he may well get you on tonight. <laughs> I probably will To know be. more about that. So, if I say, I Andy Jacobs has joined me from TalkSport. <laughs> you try to rescue Cliff Richard on a camel, I understand. And <laughs> no, I think you've got the researchers got that wrong, Piers. Anyway, Talk TV tonight, I believe, at 8 this, o'clock. And finally for me, this letter. Somebody, I'm amazed by people. Would you who, rescue a camel from a cliff, says Ben. <laughs> If you saw it, anyway, it doesn't matter, Ben. You're asking There silly, are lots. I don't blame you for going down those, that rabbit hole, but yeah. this bloke wrote to the Daily Star. Would you rescue Star a camel from a rabbit hole? <laughs> I wouldn't, personally. Okay. How would it get in there? Oh, well, that's not dwell on Jed that. wrote to the Star today. Oh, he did said, he, yeah. Oh, glad Wayne Rooney got the boot, which he didn't. He'd be better off sitting by a pond with a fishing rod. You think... Why would you publish that? It's absolute rubbish. He didn't get the sack. No. He showed what a very good coach he is. Mm. Oh, and now he's landed a job at quite a good club in America. Well yeah. done, mate. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Now, next guest uh, we've known for uh, many years. He owes us everything. Well, he, well, he certainly <laughs> owes you, Andy. You gave him his first gig. I didn't realise you and Tom Watt gave him his break. And it seems to have... I met him when he was 16, when he was working on fantasy football with his fantasy World Cup. I remember saying to you, he's a bright lad, he'll go far. Yeah, that's little not did, true. Little did we that. know. You did not little say that. You said, I'll have two sugars like, in my coffee yeah. and get out. That's what you said. I remember you were a 90 minutes reader as well, so <sighs> you, you got us all on side. It was a, anyway, Ben Winston now is an incredibly successful TV producer, director. Um, we're going to go through some of the stuff he's worked on. A lot of his time over the last few years has been with James Corden over in the States making uh, The Late Late Show, and they announced a little while ago that that was coming to an end um good to see you ben how are you i'm really good it's so exciting to be here yeah really so you used to make you used to come in to talk sport make tea for tom watt back in the day didn't you? i did i remember I, well it was one of my first jobs was working at talk sport and um i loved it i worked on uh, tom's drive time show yeah and i think my first job was sort of getting coffees and hanging around although i do remember i nearly ruined it all on the first day and being back in this studio is reminding me of how I nearly lost my whole career. <laughs> there was a producer called Joe Bernstein. Do you remember Joe oh, Bernstein? Yes, he writes yeah, for the mail. Yeah. Joe Bernstein was brilliant to me by the end. Hmm. Fantastic. But that first couple of days was quite brutal where he was like, why is this kid working here? You don't know anything. And I remember I got there on the first day and I didn't really know what to do. He said, and he sort of sat me, he said, read some papers. And then he shouted over at me. I'll never forget it. He went, can you call Nile at the Sportsman and see if you can sit in on the show, uh, see if you, if you can sit in on the show this afternoon? So I was like, okay, if maybe that's the rule. So I called Niall at the Sportsman, which was that newspaper that was out of time. Yeah, yeah. I said, hey, could I speak to Niall, please? Said, yes, speaking. I said, hi, this is Ben Winston. I've just started working, work experience. Um, Joe's asked me to call. Say, is it okay if I sit in? I don't know. Joe just told me to call you and ask you if that was allowed. And he said, why would I get... I'm busy. And he put down the phone. I thought, oh, wow, wow, that was really... Oh, great anyway, atmosphere working in those days <laughs> here at Talk two, Sport. Two hours later, Joe said, can Niall come in or not? And I realised yes. that I had misheard. Yeah. And he said, could you call Niall and ask if he can sit in on the show this afternoon? <laughs> and I had just gone, oh, I couldn't get hold of him. And then I called him and changed my name with Niall. So he didn't think <laughs> Blagging it, the same it even oh, Blagging it even then. And that was yeah. genuinely my first day on TalkSport and wow, nearly went yeah. all wrong from there. But there we are. Since then, you have won 10 Emmy Awards. So yeah, so it is. We've panned out rather well. <laughs> the... Um, and, and, we played a very small part in one of the one of your first documentaries, uh, Fallwell seventy three, the company you set up and, and mm. they made Sandal until I die. We'll come on to that a little bit later on, but uh, you made that the and uh, the film with Diego Maradona, didn't you? In we did, yeah. Hands of the gods, you went over to Argentina. Yeah, that was our first real thing. It was the four of us. It was Leo Palmer, Gabe Turner, and Ben Turner, and we had no idea what we were doing. We were straight out of uni. And we met these football freestylers, these sort of five kids who couldn't have been professional footballers, but they had this sort of skill. They were you were the busk on the side of the yeah, street. They had and something about them as well. They so did, yeah. and they sort of and we and they had this idea. They wanted to meet Diego Maradona and show them what they could, what he could do, because what they could do. Sorry, because he represented everything they loved about football. And we thought, well, what a beautiful film it could be if we travel across the world with these kids. They had no money for food, accommodation and travel. They would literally busk on the side of a street from New York. We went overland from New York all the way through North Central South America. And they managed, some of them managed to get to Argentina. And we really didn't know what we were doing. We were kids who basically started a production company simply to umbrella this film that we had an idea for. And it became, I mean, I think back of it, it was 2007, it became the biggest release ever of a UK documentary. Didn't make any money, but it was still a huge release. And it sort of set us up and, and, and that was what launched all of us. It's a film I haven't seen since probably 2008, but I still think of fondly in the hands of the gods. And I was, I think it became a film about kids just trying to make something of their lives more than it was about me and Diego. And, and the there's boys, a br the brilliant, boys, I should say, yeah. we won't get you to It's a long it now, story. It's too long a story. Yeah. But a brilliant anecdote that you have about 
being at the Maradona's house trying to get his signature. Oh, Save yeah. that when you're on the after dinner, sir. Save that. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, when they when they, it was announced on the BBC that he had died. Yes. And I was in his house trying That's to right. negotiate his contract. And his wife was crying. Then and his wife was... I had forgotten that anecdote, <laughs> yes. but I must have told it on your show. Yes. It's absolutely true. I never. Yeah, that's that's really true. I I had to fly back to Argentina about six yeah. months later to because because who released it? Lionsgate, and they said we'll release it. We'll put all this money in it. But Diego Maradona is in the film, and you don't have the rights to use him him or his image. You need to get this signed. So I remember I flew back and uh, and yeah, and I was sat in his house finally after two weeks of waiting. Claudia, his his ex wife, but his manager was negotiating and said, look, I think we can come to a deal. These boys seem sweet. The film looks very beautiful. And, you know, you've reflected Diego in the right way. And then I got a text from someone. I don't remember who. I think it was my cousin, Elliot. And Ellie Pollock said to me, have you heard Diego's died? It's being reported. And I was like, that can't be right. He's And, and obviously the, 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 the human in you goes, oh, my God, this is so terrible. I'm with his daughter and his wife. And then the business person in you goes, what does this mean for our film? Do I still need to get the release signed? I promise yeah. you I think more about the human side. I'll be honest. I, that makes me sound terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, does. that makes me sound terrible yeah. but but, uh, but yeah anyway and then and then he eventually ended up calling yeah and saying i'm not a, i've just been asleep i had a big night that's it so, <laughs> fair enough really yeah. so um as we said that the the late late show is is coming to an end from yeah. uh, from uh, james's point of view You've been out there sort of from the start and seeing that through i mean it's it's been a phenomenon really isn't it i mean some of the things like carpool karaoke that came some of the from most it. watch videos ever and carpool been, karaoke yeah, it's been all right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's been great. I, listen, James and I, we went out there together in uh, January 2015. We had two and a half months to work out what our show was because we were launching on March 23rd, 2015. And we sort of felt this real freedom because we felt like it was going to be okay to fail. It was like we were two. Uh, he was unknown in front of the camera. I was unknown behind the camera and so we sort of just went there with this real freedom of going let's try it let's throw the kitchen sink at it let's give it our best shot of creating something exciting every night for american television and if it works it works and if it doesn't there's no shame in it but we both took rentals for six months which didn't speak much to the confidence that we had in ourselves that we were going to last and and luckily it, it worked out really well and it's become it will always i can't think i'll ever do anything bigger in my life than that and um but, but James just sort of felt, and I too, that actually it's better to go out while people, you know, he's never going to be a lifer. He's never going to be one of those guys like Letterman or Kimmel who are going to mm. be on it forever. He wanted at 43, which is what he'll be when this is over, to go and do other things. And I think that on a late night in America, you can just get stuck there because the money's great. Everyone comes to your door. Celebrities want to be on it. You're at the center of culture in America to a certain extent. And I think he just felt, you know what? Now is the time. We've done eight great years and and let's get out. And And... And I have such respect for him for doing that because they would have happily kept him there, mm. us there. So and stuff like with Biden and, and Michelle yeah, was Obama and all this. It's amazing. Yeah. And to set that, presumably you have to set all that up. Quite quickly, yeah. I would imagine, in a sort of quite a quick turnaround yeah, of sometimes, a daily show. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we get a lot of lead-ins. Like the, the Tom Cruise thing we did recently mm. uh, for Top Gun, which I think has got something like 50 million views online where he took James Flying. That was a quick thing to... We we spoke with Tom about it. It took about two weeks, three weeks to organise it. What no one knows is we actually shot it three years ago. We shot it in June 2019. Really? Yeah, because Tom was really... as he, You know, he, he flies everything himself. He does all his own stunts. And so he was sharp because he had just finished filming Top Gun. He was like, let's... We have a great relationship with Tom and we do a lot of stuff with him. And so he was like, I want to shoot this now. So we wrote this sketch and, and we did it. And of course, every time the film got pushed, we were like, well, we're going to push our sketch. The Biden thing, you know, it was, a, you know, we shot that really recently. We flew over to Washington and those are the moments where I look at it and I go, this is bonkers. I'm sat in the Oval Office briefing the president of the United States about what we want of a comedy sketch. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, you have those moments. Um, and yeah, it's you been. You didn't it's say to him repeat line, did you? You didn't get <laughs> a couple of times. I gave him a few reads. I was like, "Do you think you could try and do it like this?" Uh, you can actually hear my voice on it at one point when he's very good acting. When he goes, "Who the hell is that guy?" <laughs> Excuse me. And I'm sorry. like, "He's from the Late Late Show, sir." And he's like, "What's the Late Late Show?" <laughs> I don't know why I've made him sound like a New York Jew. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> come on, let's do it. Jackie Mason. Yeah, he's totally. Totally yeah. Into Joe Biden. But it was great fun, and and you do have those moments where you're sat there, and then afterwards he was very generous with his time. Once you know we'd finished filming, he sort of sat us down on those couches and talked a little bit about life and loss. And I, I, it was 
it was a very beautiful moment actually yeah. uh, that was one of those moments where it was a real we're going to miss this because as soon as we were off that show you've been a book about all this because you've met all these people we'll make a good book uh, yeah it would be an indiscreet thing to oh, do yeah. so I'm not sure I would later. do it later. I'm not sure I would do it yeah I don't know if I'd do that I don't know if I'd do that but it's been it's also I have to say James is he's my best mate and to go out to America and do something like that what we've created also to witness him every day the guy is outrageously talented outrageously brilliant the show is great because of him and I and I think that good producers always know when to like get out of the way and I think that he has created what he's created by every star in America whether it be Joe Biden or Tom Cruise you know Adele or whoever else they want to be with him because he makes them feel great and the audience is coming to us 27 million subscribers 150 mm. countries every night you know, and that's and that's down to him. So a good producer, yes, but like, you know, it, it's the talent that he brings to it that's really the reason. What it's about successful. Prince Harry as well? I forgot about yeah, that, that was thing. fun. Yeah, he's our he's our neighbour now. Why? <laughs> why is there no culture of that of late night here? You think, Ben? You've been working over there. I mean, different things that Jonathan Ross did. It, yeah, Danny Baker different. after all had that feel, but no one's really established. I mean, in the states, you have kind of three shows running into each other. Don't we you? really well, yes. Well, on CBS, we have two. Mm. Um, it's just the way they've grown up over there. It's 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 habit. In the same way that our bigger shows are on Saturday night, nothing is on television on Saturday night in America. You know, mm. that is the deadly slot. That's like, oh, they've put you on Saturday night, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just that the habits of America have this habit of going to bed with their favourite late night host. Mm. And and just that's the way it works. And and I don't quite know why it's never worked. I think we've also got to remember that we are a smaller country. We're the size of New Jersey. And so therefore, I think America, when we talk about America, it's so big that actually you've got more people consuming content there as well. Mm. So I think whereas with us, you know, we can have on, on a show, we can have three great guests every night because everyone is travelling through Los Angeles to promote their projects. I'm not sure that would be the same thing in London. I don't yeah. think there's the volume of guests. I think if I was making a late night show in the UK, I make 200 shows a year for the Late Late Show. I don't know who I'd put. I don't think there's 200 guests who you can yeah. necessarily have. If you'd you're have ever, to have us on. Well, I would yeah. love that. <laughs> actually, I think you two, you two would be hosting it. But, but you get my point. You know, that's, yeah. you know yeah. it's when, you're, when you're on a daily show, as you guys know, it's, it's tricky. But where it's late night, it's got to be the premium because you're also up against nine other late night shows yeah. to, for the attention. Yeah. Uh, we're chatting to Ben Winston in the studio. We're going to talk about some of the other projects and talk a bit of Arsenal and Sunderland Till I Die as well. So that's all coming up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. TV producer and the uh, exec producer of The Late Late Show with James Corden. He's uh, Ben Winston with us in the studio. We're going to come on to Arsenal. That's his team a little bit later on. Um, Sunderland Till I Die is made by Fourwell, your your company, yeah. and uh, Ben and Gabe. And is Leo also a Sunderland Big fan? Big Sunderland fans. Well, Fourwell 73 is named after Sunderland. Of course. Yeah, Fourwell right. end at Roker Park, and 73 is the year they won the FA Cup. So this year, of course, there was no Sunderland Till I Die, and they've, they've gone up. How are they? I'm sure the boys... could have been called Invincible 2004. The boys oh, would have loved to have been <laughs> yeah, there, I'm sure, behind the scenes. Um, do you know what? I don't... I, I, the great thing about running a company like ours is that we can make a show like Sunderland Till I Die, which I absolutely love and think it's the best football doc of that type, you know, if you mm. compare it to the All or Nothings or any of those. And I had absolutely nothing to do with it. That was all my partners and I just got to be a fan watching it at home. Um, I don't know why Netflix didn't want to do a third one. I don't know. I think we might be doing something. I'm, I'm not... I'm not sure. I can't speak to it. It's not my project. I'm not involved. All I would say is that if you haven't seen it, it's incredible. No, it's great. Yeah. And uh, we did two great seasons, and and I know nothing more other than I was just texting them, going, "This is brilliant." And yeah. what happens next? Would you like to? I mean, we've got the Arsenal All or Nothing coming. Up. I know. I'm, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to two episodes. The ones at the end All of the right, season. I'll be watching go. them. I'll yeah. be watching them first night. I'll be watching those. But yeah. um, out of order. I would have would thought you, you already had a DVD of it made. <laughs> would you like? Would you like to do something, or would you feel a bit close to it? Something you know. You it's love a good question. Yeah. I actually spoke to the club a little bit about it right. in the lead up to it. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I, I think I think I'm glad that we didn't make it. Mm. I'm glad that we didn't make it because I think that uh, I, I think sometimes you don't always want to know, right? Mm. You sort of want to know and you don't want to know. I, 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 you know, I'm a I'm a big gooner. You know that, and I, I feel like 
watching games thinking, oh, this will make a good storyline when you've lost or, you know, last minute we're thinking, oh, well, we've got to get a reaction of them. I actually just think, oh, you know what? There's enough work we've got right now. I'm happy not to be making a documentary about Arsenal's <laughs> yeah, keep, failure keep to make separate. the Champions League. <laughs> I think it's tricky. Yeah. One, one thing you did make, which was massive, was the Friends reunion. Yeah. That must have taken quite a bit of pulling together. It did. Yeah, that's one of the... Big, yeah, that was a big one. I, we, I, yeah, it came out of nowhere, really. I, I, I was on another show uh, for Warner Brothers and I got chatting to one of the Warner Brothers executives and said, how come no one's done anything for Friends? He said, well, it's hard to wrangle it all because you've got the sixth cast and then you've got Bright Crawford Crane who made it. There's those three. Then you've got HBO Max, which are going to take the show, Friends. You can only really go there. Then you've got Warner Brothers and that's four parties with all lots of different... And he said, and if anybody tried to do it, the others might shut it down. He right. said, it needed a Switzerland to come. It needed a neutral. It needed full well to come in and go. So I, so I, I, I knew um, David Schwimmer's publicist, and I texted her and said, "Could you, you know, maybe get me on a phone with him?" And within a couple of days, we were FaceTiming, and I pitched in this idea I had of like using all the different ways of the beginning stories. of it was great when they oh. discovered that set when they come on. There's something yeah, really nice. It was that. a beautiful. That mm. first eight minutes was a really. Uh, beautiful piece of tv that i was really proud of but yeah making that show was a dream come true for me to be honest it was yeah. it nearly didn't happen so many times i met, we managed to get the deal done then the then it all fell apart then we got it back together then covid happened then we had a date in august and then covid happened again and at one point i was like i just don't know and then the night before we were finally about to film it this is god's honest i don't i've never t- said this story before but the night before this is after two years of me getting it there it started as a show for the 25th anniversary we're now 27 years <laughs> so the night before i'm sitting on my couch i'm going i, I directed it as well so i'm going through my edit my, my directing those questions i'm you know pre, it's like pre-match you know getting my isotonics in <laughs> and i'm sitting on my couch with meredith and my wife and my phone goes and it's jennifer aniston and she texts and she says i'm so sorry have you heard the news and I said, what news? And remember, we've built this set. We can only film it on these two days. We've got all six of them in. We've got, the, we've got everything. She's like, Lisa Kudrow's got COVID. She can't make it. No. And I was like, oh, my. I was so upset. I was just like, that's over. All that money down the drain. There's no, and I know that sounds little, but that studio had to go back to the other. Like, th- there was just no way it could happen. Everyone had to go. And they let me think that for about an hour until they told me that all six of them were winding me up oh, after the two no, years no. that I've had. And they were like, just kidding, she doesn't have COVID. Oh, great, and I was like, joke. oh, I was like, that just is no way funny. Yeah. That's it just, there is no part of that that is amusing. Do you it think was, maybe you coming to it and, and the company coming to it with a fresh pair of eyes, just saying to people, why has that not happened? And normally people would be put off by the enormity that maybe people in American TV thinking, oh, that'll never, that's not even bother trying because we'll never get all those people to give, we'll never get all those people on side someone's coming to it but yeah a maybe fresh pair of eyes. well i think it needed a fresh pair of eyes to make it happen i definitely think they the cast themselves were thinking about things that they could do and i think they had muted doing something like this but no one necessarily had run with it mm. and i also think you needed somebody neutral with those six to go well hold on what about this and i did i went around and i pitched each one of them one by one and i sat in front of them and you know, did this sort of dog and pony show, and 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 sort of. Uh, Were some harder to persuade than others? Or? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think all of them felt like the idea was really strong, and they were excited about doing it, and they weren't ever against it. They just didn't know what it was, mm. and so uh, you know, I think yes, coming at it with a fresh perspective, I think is often important in those sorts of shows. Uh, there's another show I'm making right now, which also I've come at with a fresh perspective, you know, I'm doing this new Kardashian show for Disney mm. and I've never watched an episode of Keeping Up With Kardashians in my entire life. I've never have. With Friends, when I got that one, I decided during COVID I watched all 236 episodes. Wow. Because wow. I wanted to go, well, that scene I can use and, oh, I like that joke or that actor would be fun to bring back. I needed to do it. Mm. Kardashians, I did the opposite. I've never seen it, never watched it and decided just to make a show about these six women and the work that they do and how they're successful and their lives. And actually, people say it's quite a fresh take on it. Well, the only yeah. reason it's a fresh take on it is because I've never seen the old one. Yeah. So, so you didn't so watch sometimes... that episode where Courtney is the physio at Macclesfield Town Farm? No, I did not know that. Well, brilliant. Now... It's absolutely brilliant. Wow, She's I didn't great. know that. Yeah, no, I've seen just... the one where Her Chris the is Ron Atkinson's <clears throat> Yeah, I saw Chris as Ron Atkinson's physio, but I never saw, <laughs> I never saw the rest of it. You've, you've done a lot of award ceremonies and successfully, and... Uh, but they've changed a lot, a lot, haven't they? I mean, this year's was with Will Smith was probably the most controversial for ages. Yeah, but they are. It strikes me that they're harder and harder to do. They've become woker and woker and more difficult to do because you know of obvious reasons. I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, what would you have done in that situation? Oh, in that specific... Yeah. If I was producing that show then, okay. Wow. Um, like an interview. So I you're think, the producer yeah. of the Oscars. <laughs> okay. If I was in that... Well, firstly, I think hindsight is a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I, th I see so many commentators after that Oscars going, well, they should have done this and they should have done that. I think there's two things I would have done. Firstly, I don't think I remove Will Smith from the auditorium which everybody, the right thing to say afterwards, I felt everybody was saying, mm. he should have been removed. I would never have removed him for two reasons. Firstly, you're a TV producer. You're not the morality police. Like, it's actually not down I to you. I removed John Lydon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I felt like we couldn't, you know, that producer, Will Packer, that day, I don't think he could have done it. It's not down to the producer. It's down to the chairman of the academy. That's mm. the first thing. It's not... It's not I also think it would have caused a war in that room and you're on live TV because you had a lot of friends in that room. You saw the amount of people, Bradley Cooper yeah. and uh, um, Tyler Henry and Denzel Washington, they were gathering around and protecting him. So to take him out of there, mm. you suddenly on live TV got a war on your hands. The only thing I think I might have done was two things. One, I think that they should have gone to a break. I think that Chris Rock was thrown into throat of the best documentary package, which was a really beautiful documentary made by Questlove. And it was a big moment for him winning that Oscar. It went for nothing because everyone was still like, did yeah. that still, did, you can, even <laughs> yeah. in the room, everyone was chatting. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you've just got to go to a break. And I think when you're in a live studio like that, I'm sure you do as well. Mm. You have a lot, you have a package of commercials that, mm. or, or, or promos for the network that you can just go to. And I think then you give yourself three minutes to go out onto the stage and go, Chris, do you want to carry on? what's happening everyone needs to calm down we're going back on live tv is everything okay and then he can reset and do documentary and the other thing i probably would have tried to persuade chris to do maybe they did i would have said to him maybe do you want to close the show because i think that will smith got six or seven minutes to talk and to say his perspective essentially but chris rock was never seen again so i think you and maybe they could have and he probably would have said no but i think you could have gone to close the show rather than it being those three hours do you want to come out and say something because everyone you know you should at least have the floor now that you're composed mm. um and those are the only two things i would have done apart from that it just made me feel miserable really it was really sad it was yeah. a really sad i don't know why i was actually watching it with gary lineker Weird. <laughs> as, I you, Richard, as you do I know I don't know Gary although I, I'm a huge admirer of him I know Richard Bacon you know Richard Bacon yeah, so yeah, he yeah. had a little Oscars party which essentially was six people it was me my wife his wife uh, Frank Rotura and then Gary Lineker was there because he happened to be in LA so I was watching it with Gary Lineker which just I don't know what relevance that is but it made the story more fun for me yeah. um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and we were all like everybody was we just couldn't believe that it had happened but you know, hopefully Chris is fine. He's going to do a great tour off the back of it. And I hope Will Smith uh, isn't in exile forever because he's a brilliant actor yeah. and a very lovely man. And uh, I think in a moment of madness that he's apologised many times for, I don't think, I think people do a lot of worse things and they're let back into the Hollywood lifestyle much quicker than he is being. So I hope he's forgiven and everyone moves on. And you knew it was serious in the room because Gary put his glasses on to watch the replay. <laughs> when Gary put the glasses on, he wears it was on Twitter time, going, hold yeah. on, is this right? Yeah, quick, yeah. Quick, quick chat about quick. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah so how, what are you, how are you feeling about the new season? They've done a bit of business, there's probably more to come. Yeah, what well, do you I think, think? I think the fundamental thing is it feels like we have a strategy, which I think maybe in other, you know, in the last couple of years, it feels like we've invested in these young players. We've got a UK-based team in a way and you know there's some good English players there's people we can be excited about I think I'm excited about it I feel like potentially things are going in the right direction I can't get over what happened at the end of last season mm. I am I hate to say this to you uh, <laughs> looking at you but I am I am still devastated <clears> by it because <throat> it was so much in our hands yeah I regret hugely the Obama Yang situation I think we I think we played a bad hand there I think this is a guy who scored 20 30 goals for us every season apart from the one season before it when he was injured a lot the idea that we just let someone our best player and our captain go who's never been a problem for any team he's ever been in and isn't a problem right now for barcelona by mm. the way suddenly we just let him go and as exciting ish well, apart from paying him exciting, <laughs> but exciting as eddie nakettia might be and lacazette they clearly didn't love that much because he wasn't offered a new contract to leave us so vulnerable going forward at the mm. end of the season I, i'm still struggling to move on from however I am trying to move on from it because I think we have an exciting squad. I think the the team are a team, a team that we can get behind, whether it be Ramsdale or Emil Smith-Rowe or Kyo Saka. And, and I think our, our new striker is exciting too. So I feel like, I've always thought of, you know, uh, I feel like we might be turning a corner, but then mm. I also might be naive. Seeing the Cronkies, other teams, mm. be as successful as they have been in the last four months, 
The Rams won the Super Bowl because of the investors, the, the investments the Kroenke specifically made. And the, the ice hockey, the big ice hockey, they, they own the Avalanche and they just won the Stanley Cup. People have always said, oh, the Kroenke's teams, they finish fourth and fifth and they're okay with that. It is interesting to see that their teams right now are winning. Mm. Um, and the Nuggets in the NBA are also going to do quite well this season. So I hope it's given them a taste for victory that they will... I think you'd be better off with the Kroenke's. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, not really. They're classic clips. Wait, can you call them classic clips? I don't know. They're Clips of the Week pewter. They are sort of um, yeah. untouched, unheard clips from back in 2009, September, October 2009. We dust them off uh, now and again, and uh, the producer curates them. And uh, so we haven't heard these we since have 2009. We years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, they're different times. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Mm. So here they are, um, curated, and uh, we'll give you the best of them now. We start with Stan Collymore. I'll make Stan Collymore with news of a surprising team selection. For Bolton, in goal, UC Yaskalainen, a back four of Steinson, Knight, Ricketts and Robinson. Yeah, she oh, yeah. was great, Anne. She was great She in wasn't the weakest four. link, though. I always picked Anne, says Sam. I don't know why he speaks like that. He's from Dudley, for goodness sake. But yeah, me and Anne, a pint of wine, pouring over last week's games. Yes. This is a caller to Ian Collins. Collins? Ian Collins? Ian Collins. You see him every day. I know. I had a nice chat with him before the show. Yes. Ian Collins. And one we're calling, keep broadcasting, mate. Do you ever remember the Swiss family Robinson? Yeah. There used to be like a thing about... Um, Go on. Uh, oh, there's like three musketeers. <laughs> really? What a pause that was. Tremendous. Fantastic, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, here's uh, journalist Chris Davis chatting to Alan Brazil on Breakfast. Waddle was a great player, by the way. I thought oh, uh, I'm fantastic not, footballer. I'm not doubting that. And I think I think what he's saying, he's probably his words are probably not uh, the best. You know, I've said well, already yeah, but, but about the, the, lack of education, <laughs> how to play wing. What was going, what was going on there? <laughs> no idea. The breathing got a bit heavy all of a sudden. <laughs> Corner to Mike Parry and Andy Townsend now. Neil's Ooh. in Plymouth. Neil, yeah. very good morning to you. Oh hi guys. Yeah. Hi Neil. Hello mate. I'm sorry, I was just eating a Twix here. Oh, lovely. <laughs> it's funny, we see Andy, don't we, after the show. It brings it all back. <laughs> it those those mad mornings with Mike. Uh, he'll be here at four <laughs> o'clock with Andy Goldstein, of course. Uh, also chatting to the callers, Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues. Now, to give you some phone numbers for anybody who's interested uh, of, uh, of coming along, you can do it on the day. It's uh, Willow Park, uh, 01252. Oh, jeez. I've got it. 325. 325. 867. You've got it. That's the one. That's the one. Or you can do me. Well, not like literally, like, but. (laughs) (laughs) We never thought for a minute. We never thought for a minute. Never thought for a minute, fella. It's Mike Parry now. You can do me. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, I met a cab driver. What a cab driver is, like a car driver, you know what I mean? Yeah, with cabs, well, unless it was a sort of an old horse and cart, <laughs> he'd gone old school. Was this in, was this in 1895, Mike? Um, over to Lisa O'Sullivan now with the news. Loads more on the day's top stories. Go to talksport.web.net. Talksport.web.net. That's our swimming channel. There is, it's very good. They're always on there. We always have the stars of swimming on there. And also struggling with the website was Ian Danter. Same text and email, numbers apply. 81089 for your text. Email through the website at talkstorts. 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 Different websites we've had over the years. Uh, And also, we've done that one. Let's head back to Mike (laughs) Parry again. You've heard that expression, Andy. Don't always wish for what you want. If you get it, you might be disappointed. Not sure. I've heard something very similar. (laughs) (laughs) Something very similar to that, Mike, over the years. Here's Mark Saggers introducing our man on Merseyside, Graham Beecroft. Graham Beecroft is there for Talk Sport tonight. Yes, you're absolutely right. As far as Liverpool are concerned, an absolutely crucial game, a must-win Wayne rain, uh, game. <laughs> must-win Rain Wayne game. <laughs> I think it probably was. Uh, this is Mike Graham, of uh, of course, uh, over on the overnight show. Uh, Derek's on the M25. He might have some news for us on the jam up over there by the M4. Hello, Derek. 
Hello, Mike. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. What you got for us? Well, first of all, it's nice to talk to you. I've been listening to your programme for a year, well, quite a few uh, months now. All uh, right. <laughs> Quite a few months. I wouldn't call it years. Yeah. Days. I said minutes. I've been listening to a matter of minutes. I've heard the last five seconds. Yeah, I've, I've never heard you before. Who are you? <laughs> and finally, yeah. it's Mike Perry again, alongside Andy Townsend. Very good afternoon. Uh, now, it's, come uh, on. It's about six minutes no, past no, twelve. No, 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 you're not oh, winding God, me up. It's lunchtime. No. I'm just finishing off. No, you are not, not winding me up. You know it's the height of ignorance to talk to people when you're on the phone. It's the only way to do it, isn't it? Surely, what yeah. else are you going to do? Andy will be out there. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> so, uh, there we are. There were some uh, Clips of the Week Pewter mm. from back in 2009. I hope you enjoyed those. We hadn't heard them for quite a long time. And, of yeah. course, Andy Townsend will be with you at four o'clock alongside Andy Goldstein, probably in Sainer Company. Yes. Uh, with plenty of uh, football mm. chat and more uh, on Drive. Um, yes. Have you seen there's a dispute about mm. who is Britain's oldest football referee? No, I haven't seen I think, that. well, there was a chap called Peter Fillimore who was 81, oh, yeah. and uh, I think he was claiming, or was being claimed on his behalf, that he was the oldest referee. I can't remember whether we spoke to him or not. But actually, it turns out the oldest ref is 85, and his name is Alfred Nassau. Oh, okay. Known as Funky in the dressing <laughs> Very room. Very much so, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've no idea, but uh, yeah. who, which which one did we speak to? I'm sure we had got him on and we asked, it was going to be his last season and was that somebody else altogether? I think it might have been somebody else altogether, Andy. You, you've Alfred heard. goes to the gym twice a week. Does he? Yeah, you've got to hand it to Fair him. Fair play to him. 85. Well yeah. Tremendous. Did you see amongst all the Wimbledon coverage? Uh, the, the, uh, well, I didn't see any of it. Okay. Honest, yeah. well, Daniel uh, Medvedev uh, made a, a real show of uh, during the Wimbledon final because mm. he was asked not to play, of course, was banned. Um, made a real show of the fact he was watching the Formula One and not the uh, oh, tennis. Oh, really? That was you nice know. of him, yeah. Not watching the news then. <laughs> <laughs> Steering clear of the news, I'm guessing. But, it was a, uh, there we uh, are. I don't know. I, sometimes, you know. Broadcast executives do fascinate you. I mean, Sue Barker, they did a lovely tribute. It to was her. nice, yeah. It, wasn't it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Well, you're getting rid of her for then. Yeah. If, if you feel like this, if you've seen this incredible, if you're the person who's made that decision. No, she, but she, no, she, she decided to leave was herself. It? Yeah, no, no, it is her call. She's, she's having, she, yeah, I'm she, not sure it would have happened though if it hadn't been, you know, the old question of sport thing. I think they must have had a big. No, well, well, I, well, I, the word know. is that she decided to, to knock it on the head. But, uh, mm. well, the, of course, the big thing yesterday was, uh, Nick Kyrgios getting very upset with a woman. If Charlie Baker was in mm. today, Charlie's choice would have been, have you ever had 700 drinks? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he would have given us that one. And uh, we've got Alan from, uh, mm. Ipswich on line three. But, yeah. Have you, have the woman who'd had 700 drinks. It feels like one of those late-night Channel 4 documentaries at 10 o'clock, doesn't it? But it was very odd. Her excuse was strange. She said yeah. she'd only had two drinks yes. and blamed the heat on St. Centre Court. She said, that's right, I'm going to use that. Alan's going to have to use yeah, that one crazy. more. He's going to come them. Morning. It's oh. the temperature. I had no hat. Yeah, you must excuse me this morning. <laughs> I, I was out last night. I had no hat on. <laughs> it was four o'clock in the morning. I didn't have... If only, <laughs> if only, Ray, I'd had a hat on last night, I would have be fine. <laughs> four o'clock in the well, four o'clock in the morning now in a in a in, in Waitrose wandering on the wine section the way they do with a glass on. So he's not the are. same hour now. He's you yeah, know of course he's he's completely different. But yeah, well, no I'm hat on. So just say that right. if if you're slightly the worst for wear and people say you're right. Said so, no, I'm sorry. Just I'm really if I'd had a hat on, I would have been absolutely fine. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon show. Um, yes, I'll be back tomorrow. I enjoyed it. Alongside uh, Charlie Baker, and you're back on Thursday. Thursday, yeah, Thursday. and then next week it's back to Monday, back Wednesday, to Mondays, and Friday. Wednesdays and Fridays. But anyway, uh, do hope you can join us, uh, myself and Charlie, tomorrow from one. If not, the podcast will be available at around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 